Hello, and what's going on? Rich Ryan here. This is the Reinforced Running Podcast. What's up today? We have one of my favorite guests of all time. His name is Tim Silvestri. Tim Silvestri is a sports psychologist who has a lot, who's doing a lot of work and a lot of different research on some different models around performance. So we, I've worked closely with Tim for a while now. So, and uh, so we talk a lot about our personal journey and some different things he's been working on in terms of how to improve your mental side of training. So if you're in, in, into that, you'll really enjoy this. Tim is a great speaker, great listen to, awesome knowledge coming your way. Tim Silvestri. All right, we're on. Tim Silvestri is back once again. Tim, thanks for joining, dude. Appreciate yeah, it. man. I'm psyched. So you've been on the show a couple times and some of the concepts that you've kind of run through, it's been fun to have you continue to come back because you are just always evolving this, th- these concepts that you've been working on. So when we just kind of give a little bit of an overview of some of those pieces, just for uh, people who might not be as familiar, might have checked out the previous episodes um, talking about like the, the cert model and things. Yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, quick introduction for those who haven't heard me before. I'm a performance psychologist. I live in PA. Um, I'm on the Spartan circuit uh, and um, we're, uh, uh, I have a company called Impact Being and we're beta testing our first product. Um, it's a, a college level kind of class like how to how to thrive in college um and then we'll be pumping out some more specific athletic oriented material Hmm. uh and i'm a director of uh counseling at muhlenberg college in pennsylvania so that's just some of the things i do but that's who i am so the cert model uh for again i think is a great place to start um, what what I did was to take all the performance stuff out there and try to get it down to its most key components. And I think I landed on the core four, which I put into an acronym CERT, C-E-R-T. And it's basically just uh, commit to commitment. That's a time variable. Try not to commit to the outcome. Try to commit to how long it'll take to achieve that outcome. The bigger the aspiration, the more time you'll need to commit to that, right? It could be 18 months. It could be five years. It depends on how bold the aspiration is. But commit to that time frame because there's going to be a lot of things that go into that. Um, E is engaged process, not outcome. A lot of the athletes I work with, they're too outcome focused. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and what happens is they become defeated, deflated, they uh, have a lot of shame and judgment, um, but when you're process focused, then you're more determined. You can bounce back. You're more resilient. Uh, uh, you can experience much more calm in your pursuit. So really focus on the process. The outcomes show up when the heck they want. Uh, and then R is respect, knowledge, not talent. Mm-hmm. Rich coming off a huge win. Congratulations. That's Thank you. Thing. Many years coming, right? But when you uh, when you look at Rich, if you say, "Wow, he's such a good athlete," how how you know? Think of how much would that piss you off if someone just kind of said, "Oh, well, you're just a really good athlete," right? Like mm-hmm. that negates everything. Um, you shouldn't respect Rich for talent. You should respect him for a, the massive amount of knowledge he has 
and then he has the ability to execute on that knowledge. Um, but that took years and years to acquire, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so respect knowledge, not talent. And then T is trust. Uh, and that's a more advanced concept, but I don't want folks out there believing in themselves because you could just as easily not. What I want is, uh, I want you to really trust based on witnessing yourself doing something. And we'll touch into that at some point now or in the future, uh, later in the podcast, but that's what you and I really worked hard on leading into this world championship. And I was actually thinking about this today, right? It's taken, <clears throat> I mean, since we're talking, it's been, I don't know, 10, 11 days or so since that race mm -hmm. and like trying to have it sink in and like, what does it mean? Like how important is, is what happened to me? Has it changed anything? And what really was a part that stood out the most, like as I was kind of like writing out my thoughts and just thinking and talking about them is that, I wasn't necessarily chasing an outcome, especially in this one, like going in, it's like, how does it feel to have like one, I get asked that, right? Like, how do you feel now? It's like, it feels good, but it was a, it's the process that is, it's not something that I'm like, Oh my God, I knew it. It's just like this relief. It's like this, like uh weight off my chest. It was like, no, I, what I did, I, what I'm excited about still even is like, I'm, I'm not there. It's not accomplished. It's like, there's more to do still. And I'm enjoying the process of it, seeing the improvement come through. So like those first three pieces were uh, the the outcome part, especially, I, I mean, I'm sure like you mentioned, people are all, all the time thinking about that way. And anybody who I've worked with in the, in the past, like you're like, this model is something that I've, I've taken to heart very much. And I share with, with people that I, that I do want to help along the journey, but definitely the, the outcome piece, it's nice, <laughs> but it's, it, it the, the process to get that the journey there um, as, as opposed to the destination is really w what kind of has made the difference for me in these past couple of years. Yeah. And that's the most frequent thing I hear from champions is it feels really satisfactory to know that the process I set in place worked. Mm -hmm. It's, it's more of like a feeling of satisfaction that the process worked than some, you know, there are some narcissists out there. You're not a narcissist, so I wouldn't expect that, right? But it, it, the best champions really talk about how satisfactory it feels for the process, not how narcissistically grandiose it feels to be a champion. The, true, the, the champions that have staying power don't talk like that. Mm. They talk more satisfaction from <laughs> that. That might be the best way to describe it. It's, like it it's satisfying. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, good nice yeah, <laughs> as right. opposed to like i knew it i knew i was always meant to be this person mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel like like that in any way yeah for sure yeah so that's right on spot and then trust you know that's i i want to talk about that at some point um because to me that's the game changer once you get to that level right you're going against the best in the world and it's going to bring in the the next topic we have um which is how to do difficult things um, but you're going against the best in the world. So how do you know you can, you can stay at that red line? Um, because everything in your body is telling you, you can't. Mm -hmm. And so how do you battle through that? And so what we wanted, what, what I work with athletes on is a mantra I use. And then we, um, work in trust within that. So that's new material. You want to hop into that? 
Yeah, let's because that is the one that is a little bit. It's been a little bit more nuanced in terms of how I've been able to grasp it, and it really hasn't. Uh, and I feel like this past however many is it, weeks or, or whatever was really when I was able to to kind of grab it a little bit more. And I and when I do talk about it with other people, it's hard to it's hard to know. And, and one thing that you've said before, it's hard to do things that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. So like having these, th- having this trust is like, what's going to allow you to do it. But like, how do you know when you're even there? How do you know when yeah, you can right. do trust? Is it the right trust variable is another right. piece too. It's like, yeah, maybe I was wrong. It doesn't just necessarily need to be. And, uh, and when our conversation we had prior to the championship was a couple weeks or months ago when I was really in the crux of training, it was like, I had an idea, but I, I, I talk about the, the, the trust for people and yeah, like, like it doesn't just, just because you trust that it's going to, that, that that's the variable that you're going to trust doesn't mean that that's going to work. <laughs> and for me, yeah. a lot, a lot of time I was like, Oh, if I can just wrap my head around how to do like how to do it and how to like push harder or whatever. I thought it was more of like this mental piece of just mm-hmm. something that I might've been missing. And it's like, if I could just convince myself that, and then I'll be able to achieve more. Nope. And that's not, that's not how it works. Nope. <laughs> Believe nope. it or not. And then you, it's like trusting your trust variable, right? How do you know? Right. But right. I, I knew it when you and I spoke and, um, you know, you said, well, I just did it. I just did something. And I said, what? And you, and you said, I, I, you know, give me something that no one else in the world can do. And you said, oh, I just did a workout that I darn, damn well know no one else could do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's it. Then you have you have a trust variable, right? And so, if no one else in the world can do that workout, then I don't care how how shattered you are during this upcoming race. You know definitively you can stay one step through three or five steps ahead of anyone else in that competition because you did something no one else can do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, it, you know, you're all zenned out and you're positive guy. And I said, I don't care. I don't want you to be zenned out. I don't want you to be positive. I don't want you to be uh, assessing your internal, you know, uh, feeling. I, I want you to go for it and just say no one else in the world could do that thing. Therefore, no one can hang with me. I will win this. And I know that. And if I'm feeling this shattered, they're feeling this shattered. I just need to stay one step ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And you beat Ryan Kent, right? And I don't know how much that is true. And maybe that contributed to 1% of your win. Maybe it broke you through. I, I don't know, right? We'll, we'll never know because you can't run an experiment. <laughs> right? It was it was helpful the way that it was framed, right? Is like, at least I had that feeling. And actually when the race started, how fast it started and how a couple of guys went out, I was like, maybe I was wrong, <laughs> but at least I know I have that fitness in my back pocket now, right? At least I know that I am capable of doing what I thought I would need to do. And I could still express myself as fully as possible because like, that's all that mattered. It wasn't about like, oh, like, oh, like I need to win or whatever. Like I still had all these pieces that led up to this moment there present with me so even if even if it wasn't right i still would have performed well if even if it wasn't like a win yeah and i would say i would have even 
if I were in your head, I would have yelled at you for saying that at the beginning of the race. What maybe I was wrong. No, you're it, not wrong. Right? <laughs> they, they went out hot and know right. that if you're not with them, they're doing something that no one in the world can maintain. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you'd be with them. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that unbroken trust. So we're still working on that with you. Well, <laughs> which if- means look out, world, because there's. There's even a better Rich Ryan that's coming at you. Well, played out, right? It's like, okay, like they, that was the case. They went out too, too hard, too hot, right? If, if, yeah, if they're going out faster than you, they're dummies because now that you're the champion, now they really should not go out faster than you because what makes them think they can beat you, right? So, I mean, you can do tactical things in a race and I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work very well against world champions. It's it's mm-hmm. rare that I've seen Ryan Atkins go out and get suckered by someone going out hot. Right. And get suckered into it. I've never seen him do that. Right. True. So why are you doing that, people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So then so then with uh with the trust piece, is there does that then parlay into the the hard part or do you want to talk about the being? Well, I'll introduce both um, and we can bounce in and out of the trust piece, but, you know, I'm glad we covered it a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, I said, if I were in your head, random thoughts will come. So having a random thought in a race, like what if I was wrong? That's just a random thought. Yeah. And you immediately expel it as a random thought. You are not your thoughts. Right. So it's okay if you're racing and you have a thought like that, you just expel it immediately as a thought. Mm-hmm. And then you lean back into, no, I trust that I can lead this and win this race. I've, I know I will. I've witnessed myself do hard things. The hardest things that no one in this field can do. I am winning this race. So you immediately have something to turn away from that thought towards. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing they talked about was how hard it was going to have to be. And I don't know if this does kind of probably yeah. to the later pieces, but that was something in my head a lot leading into it is that it's not going to feel good. <laughs> like I've been able to win, win races or perform well in the past based off of, and maybe not taking it all the way there. Mm-hmm. But this was one of those times where I was like, it's going to be awful. And it, and it was, it was really, really hard. It was some of the, some of the worst that I've ever felt in like the last, whatever, five to seven minutes of, of a race. And that was something that I, I was mentally prepared for. I didn't know how I was going to physically feel or how I was going to physically hold up. And when I got to that place, I still wasn't sure. I was like, this is rough. Like, yeah, I, I should be able to keep going. I'm going to try to keep going, but this is how, this is what this hard piece was that I, I needed to, to be ready for, to, to really accomplish Exactly it. And that's where trust becomes the main variable is everything in my body is telling me I can't do this, but I know definitively I can win this race. Therefore, I know I can be ahead of everyone. So you just lean into being ahead of everyone rather than how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the truth is based on that workout you did that no one in the world can do you know, you can win this race. Therefore stay ahead of everyone. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. Stay ahead of everyone because no one can beat you based on the trust variable. That's legitimate and real, not believing in yourself. Right. 
Right. And that, that was you experienced. Yeah. 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 And, it, and I think I mentioned this on previous, I think when I was talking to, to Kent or I forget, um, I don't even know if it was on the podcast or not, but I, I had thoughts that were, that was almost like a, a, in the negative connotation in those moments where I was like, kind of like, don't blow this kind of talk. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like people, there are people, it seems that get in their own way of, of success sometimes, whether it is like leaning into the heart or, or believing that they can beat someone in their, and they're in these positions and then they falter. And I had those thoughts, like, don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, and I don't know if that was appropriate or if it was something that if those thoughts should even kind of come in, like, it, like I'm sure when you, ch- when people choke, it's, they, they think about choking and then it kind of happens. Yeah. Now you're in your head and you're thinking and you're not focused. So, yeah. so a choke is thinking performance is focus. Um, and a trust variable focuses you. And and quite frankly, I think there you've lost other races that you could have run. You could have won. Um, and, you know, that's where when we talked heading into this one, I, as long as you leaned into that trust variable, I, I really, I 100% knew you were going to win this one. And that's hard to say because these are legit, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan Kent is no slouch. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And you beat him. But um, that's where I really, in those dark moments in the last five, seven minutes, you're shattered, but you can stay ahead of everyone. <laughs> There's a difference of being shattered and not staying ahead of everyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're listening to the shattered, you're listening to the wrong thing. Mm-hmm what you want to key into is listening to the staying ahead of everyone because you can do things no one else can do. And I think that that's fair. Yeah. That it wasn't something that was just there so much that it was like, stop, stop. You're, you're, you're not supposed to be doing this. Like, why did you think that you could do this? It was more like, here I am. And now I need to, to just keep executing the way that I can, that way that I have. And, um, and just like deal with it. Like, so it kind of came and went. Yeah. I, I remember having, having that thought maybe twice in the last like five minutes or something like that. Like don't fall apart, <laughs> but like, think about it now. It's like, why would I fall apart? It doesn't, it didn't, doesn't make sense to me now, but in the moment it was like, is that right. that's when is you it, lean back into trust, you lean back into any focal point. Right. And to me, the focal point is I trust I'm winning this. I trust I can win this mm. day ahead of everyone. Keep mm-hmm. grinding, stay ahead, stay ahead, stay ahead, whatever you need to do to focus you in. Um, and and again, folks, it's not about believing in yourself. Rich didn't believe in himself. It was a physical trust based on witnessing of doing something that he believed no one else in the world could do. And, and that is, is unshakable. And you need that level of unshakable in those darkest moments. If it's something much lighter, you don't need that level of unshakable. Mm-hmm. Right. But in those dark, dark moments, you need that level of trust. Now, in ball sports, a lot of times a coach can instill that. And Rich, as as you know, someone who coached me, there were times when just your words elicited that level of trust. Your trust in me elicited that level of trust. But at a world championship level, it may be a coach but it usually is a workout you've done or something you've witnessed like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because that's that's where I feel I've gotten off the path, and that that is uh, things that are more readily available for people to consume is just this like mind over matter type of like uh, just push yourself at like this more like a kind of like a I mean like the David Goggins type of of mentality. I think what people kind kind of take no. from them. Yeah. No, David Goggins will be the first to say that he has this cookie jar idea. You know, when he reaches, he calls it a cookie jar, literally. I don't like that framework, but he says cookie jar, which is funny for such a tough guy. And he, he reaches from his cookie jar and he pulls out something really hard that he's done in his past. And that tells him that he's able to do this hard thing because he did that hard thing. And I think, people, I think people see his words and, and what he's what he's saying and, and try to have like, it's more like a motivational aspect of trying to persevere where what he's doing, he's done all these ridiculous things. Yeah. So like he can, and he can say these things because he has this experience where I feel like it's like, we can kind of get sucked in or I, or maybe I've gotten sucked into the, the, the quotables, right. Or just like these things that are easy to grab and like, uh, like prefontaine quotes, you know, things like that. And that's not where it's at. And Goggins is motivational, but it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And and what you want to do is you want to do enough hard things that you start to integrate a, a meta idea, which is I can I trust that I can do very, very hard things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're trying to move you to now, whereas it becomes this meta concept. Rich Ryan can do extremely hard things, mm-hmm. right? And and that's where you start stringing together wins, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because now that one, now that like even just the race itself, it's like that's one really really hard thing, right? Mm-hmm. They, they went through the whole way. So even just having that, and when I went to the line the next day, I'm like the Deca Strong, which was like yeah. an event that I was like, I don't know, like I didn't even think I was going to qualify for something like that. And I went there, I was like, I know I can execute. I know it's going to suck really bad and I know I can do it. It sucked real bad yesterday and I'm going to be able to put myself in that place again. Um, Which is ridiculous that you finished second in a race you didn't even know if you'd qualify for. I know. The deck of it was great. But- the world. And, <laughs> yeah, and quite frankly, you know, Kent has probably a good 15, 20 pounds on you. I don't know. Like 10. 10, yeah. But the other guys, Kent wasn't even the biggest one. Those are big dudes at that line. Yeah. So that's a thing. And now you've done that. And it's like, I can do really tough things. I can do really strong things. Mm -hmm. So do you look at it like, like levels that way? Like, is Mm -hmm. there stepping stones that people will have to take to, to fully reach where they want to go? Like, or is that kind of parlay back into the commitment part? Like it just like, Committed well, that's to doing why you hard commit things. to the time because it takes a long time to be able to do really hard things. But again, you're also titrating them up. My heart now is less is more hard than my old heart. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> um, because right, right now it's not because I'm I'm like the biggest narp on the planet right now. Um, where my brain is, uh, not athletic, regular person. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I'm I'm back in it now and i'm training to get to worlds next year and and to do some damage there but um yeah so you you do you and that you know i have to reset all of my hard to go back to the beginning just because where i'm at in my fitness cycle um mm-hmm. so 
I, I make it contingent on where I'm at in my training cycle and all. And I'm titrating towards. I won't hit really hard until like June. Where I'm getting back to some really hard, like, you know, more national, international level hard. And I guess it's just like a similar concept, just like progressive overload, right? Yeah. From, a phys- from a physical standpoint. Exactly. Right? That's basically what we're doing when we're training to get stronger, training to have better endurance. But this is more, and it can be hand in hand with how you're, you're feeling about yourself and how much you're trusting what you can do. Yes. Yeah. It has to be accurate. you you can't lie to your body. I had but, uh, well, the problem is we put, we lie in a negative way. We lie on how little we can do <laughs> instead of how much we can do. Um, we can do more than we think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's like, it's like trying to walk that tight rope, right. Without yeah. overdoing it, getting yourself hurt. But exactly. Whatever. Um, one thing so the that you, new concept, oh, God. yeah, the no, new, was, all right. So the new concept is hard, right? And, and I want to talk about that. I just want to quickly frame for people. I really encourage folks, please try this out for yourself to think of yourself in three ways. Think of your approach, your training and all that in three ways. Um, first we have being, uh, you know, my company is called impact being for a reason. Being is really important being versus doing. And being means like being a full being. So, you know, are you a good person? Are you trustworthy? Can you trust yourself? Do others trust you? Do you have intimacy, right? All all those kind of being level stuff. And that's an important thing for us athletes to lean into. Um, There's a reason why folks like Rich Ryan and Ryan Kent are, are really beloved figures in our community because you are awesome people. And that does loop back into your training and different access points. So being a narcissistic jerk, like I, uh, and not a jerk, that's mean, but in his heyday, Isaiah Thomas was a bit of a narcissist. I don't know him, but he was left off the original dream team because no one could stand being around him. People didn't like him. Best point guard in the world. Yeah. And he didn't make the team. Why? Because he was kind of a jerk. And so, or whatever, you know, I don't want to, smirch the guy i've never met him but whatever the reason was they left him off the team um so don't do that right don't be a jerk don't be a narcissist like work on your being and that's important in your athletics is to work on your being second is work on execution i i like to say to the athletes if it was as easy as telling yourself to do something there wouldn't be such a thing as performance psychologist so just because you tell yourself to do something, you have to now execute on it, right? right, right. Um, and so execution is in that training phase and all of that. So um, then performance comes down to, can you perform? Can you put it all on that level? And Rich, I think you were excellent at executing, but I think you were subpar on performing. And that's where I was working with you to try to push you through the trust variable as one element of performance mm-hmm. you add in in performance nutrition pre-nutrition post-nutrition you had those kind of parts of performance which a lot of athletes don't in game nutrition and all that um in game hydration um approaches you were zened out you were calm but i felt like you were missing that trust variable and that's strictly performance that's not about execution or being Mm. Um, and so I, I view those three areas as interchangeable, but as 
kind of best viewed somewhat differently and to rank yourself, like, which are you high on? Where are you, where might you have some deficits? Some people can perform really well, but they have trouble executing throughout the training programs. Mm -hmm. You know, you are really good at executing during training programs, which to me is one of the harder things. Um, but I can kind of shred myself into oblivion in a performance. Um, and so we all, you know, have different elements that we're high or low on. And we try to get good at all three of those. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. And like breaking those out into different pieces, because to me, I, I try to execute my way into performance. Yes. Right. And I think they're different. And yeah. And that's always why like my fitness was always as good as anybody on paper. Yep. Right. And just like what I'm able to do in certain places, but maybe never really added up to where it, it should have been. Exactly. And I think they're different. And when, you know, coaches out there, you know, you can give some insights onto being don't just because you're a coach doesn't mean you can't. Um, but know that the person's problem might be in execution or it might be in performance and try to decipher and do some coaching around those. That would be very helpful, I think, for athletes. So what would that look like, right? Like, What would be an example of like the being part? I mean, you don't have to be specific necessarily, but um, like you mentioned, these, they're all tied together, right? And that there's different life yeah. elements that are at play. So what would be like an example of someone who's struggling on the being side of things? Like, I'm going to go to this race and I'm going to shred every one of those MRFers and, and they ain't seen nothing like me yet. And if one of them gets in my way, I'm just going to like toss them aside and I'm going to destroy this field. It's like, I get the hype right? Like I get it. You're hyping yourself up and, and these are people trying to best you. So I, on that day, they're kind of the enemy. I get you at the same time. Remember that these are your comrades too. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, the training you put in, not destroying others. It's mm -hmm. the process leading to, and the outcome shows up. It, it's, it's really about you. It's not about you destroying them as the enemy. Because after the race, they're your friends again. And don't forget, too, you might pick up some helpful tidbits from people along the way. Um, so maybe we need to ratchet back some of that destruction of all kind of rhetoric to know that these are your comrades at the same time. That might be a gentle way to kind of bring someone back to a little bit of groundedness and being. Hmm. And like saying that it, when they are... And that specific example for someone who might be, I don't know if negative is the right word, but or combative, overly combative. Yeah. And like they, they're kind of like re removing themselves from the reality of what is actually happening. Is that kind of yeah. what you mean? Yeah. I, there's a guy in my heat in a 50 plus heat and he throws elbows during races <laughs> and we all hate him. No one can stand the guy and you know who you are and people don't like you for it. You know, and it's like, is that who you, you want to be? That's going to come back and bite you somewhere. Like it being, you know, when, when I show up at the line, I'm ready to compete. I'm not there to make friends, but I hope to have friends because right. it also circulates back into, into my, my ability to succeed. Hmm. So if, uh, <clears throat> Could you, will people be able to self-identify things like this or is that, is it going to be like an, someone from, from the heat or like a significant other or a friend who 
be like, man, you're kind of, you're kind of disconnected here. You're kind of missing the point. Yeah. I mean, people will give you feedback and usually the feedback, we often get feedback from people who aren't our friends, you know, and it's like me, you're saying that about me. What about you? Mm. Well, if they're not your friends, they're probably a little easier to give you negative feedback. So sometimes we shouldn't refute that feedback so quickly. Mm. Um, you know, uh, some of the most helpful feedback I ever gotten was from people who didn't like me or care for me very much. <laughs> they <laughs> because saw they, were, they didn't care. They had no right. skin in the game. They were like, Tim, you sound like a know-it-all and you're a pain in the ass. I'm like, <laughs> what? That can't be. All these people think I'm a nice guy. It's like, you know, they were right. <clears throat> you know, they, they were totally right. I got too teched out and geeked out on the science and I did sound like a know-it-all and I was a pain in the ass and they were right. And I, I regret it looking back, but I was a pain. I, you know, I'm a recovered pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Took it to heart. <laughs> so listen to feedback, you know? So, and then execution is like, you know, give feedback on execution. Like, okay, we, I set this program out for you. You struggled. Let's talk about executing. And you might have to coach your athletes on execution. Yeah. But coach, you don't understand. I got really busy. That's fine. I, we all get busy and no athlete is perfect in their training. However, um, is there something that we can elevate here on the execution level mm -hmm. um, and think back and, and write down things that help you as a coach? What helps you execute and share some of those with your athletes? Because they just might not ever have thought about it in that way. If, and, and so making excuses is not OK shaming yourself is not okay either. I'm the worst. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not worthy. Like, no, don't shame and judge yourself. But what can you bolster up to help you execute? Right. Mm. And, and find ways to do that. One of them is like have plan A. When plan A fails, go to plan B. So my plan A was to work out tonight. And now I have to be here. I'm on this podcast. And then I have to be at a, a workshop tonight till seven. So I might have to go to plan B and do a bunch of, uh, you know, sandbag squats at home and just fry my quads doing a bunch of sandbag squats because that's mm -hmm. all I'm going to have time to do. That's plan B. That's called execution. Is it what I wanted to do tonight? No, it's not what I had planned to do, but it's plan B. Mm -hmm. And that can help you execute. So the way I'm thinking of it, you can kind of come back to uh, – to, to cert to a specific aspect too, from the execution point, just with like the commitment part or the committing mm -hmm. to the commitment where it's like, okay, like where are we with this, with this commitment? Like what is actually happening here? And, and like, what, where does it that needs to be cleared up in terms of like the, the commitment piece or, <clears throat> or like the habits around what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, yeah. I have a good one for you for that. This is brand new. No one even in my company even knows this one. Um, bringing it out on the Rich Ryan Breaking News. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I tell folks every day, do a four-step process. And, and you have to do this process once. But now I say do it every day, which is you hit the start button. Um, this, this used to be the macro thing. So until you hit the start button, you can't achieve greatness, right? So you got to hit the start button. Mm -hmm. Then you should feel sheer terror. I just said, I'm going to win 2023 world championships in Greece. I said that out loud. Oh shit. Now there's sheer terror because anyone can ask me, did you, 
they'll be <laughs> able to look at it and say he did or didn't, right? Um, there's a yes or no question at the end of that in a year from now. Uh, sheer terror. So hit the start button, sheer terror, then ask as many people as you know, why aren't I a world champion? Tell me what I'm missing. Why mm. aren't I? And then execute. So it's a four-step process every day. And if you do that every day, hit the start button, sheer terror, why aren't I a world championship, and go and execute on something. It's a pretty that's that's commit to commitment that's engaged process right that's the the steps yeah it's the whole thing hmm that's interesting and uh the another piece that i thought was thinking about in terms of the um the execution part (laughs) and i don't don't know if this is very if this is specific to a, a like not myself, but people that I've, that I've encountered is like the perfectionists kind of approach for that, where it's, Oh, I, I, if I didn't do it perfect, like, like the example you gave about yourself today, it's like, Oh, well I screwed it up. And then it bleeds into, and then like it bleeds to tomorrow and you shift everything around and everything's screwed up. Like I'll start next week. If it's not perfect, I'm just going to push it, push it back. Now. Yeah. And that's where I think that four step process is. No, I hit the start button. I feel sheer terror. I hit the start button. I got to execute on something because then today's never gone. It's gone. Now it could be, I make, you know, I say gains are like cats. They show up when they want, but I say rest or, or breaks are like cats. They show up when they want. Mm. So at minimum, I'm going to take a rest day, but that means tomorrow I get to hit it even harder. Mm. Right. So, um, but I, I, I'm going to choose not to do a rest day today. I'm going to choose to go to plan B. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so and, the start- and perfectionism is devastating. And to me, it's kind of over-identification um, where, you know, over-identification is a global statement that produces shame, judgment, and, and immobilization um, versus identification, which is a truth-based statement that leads to compassion and motivation. So identification to me is like, oh, I screwed up. I should have got up at 4 a.m. I didn't. Now I can't work out because I can't do my evening workout because this program's coming up. Um, oh, everything's a mess. That's over-identification. That's right. perfectionism. I, I suck. Yeah. yeah, I suck. It's a global statement leading to shame, judgment, and immobilization. Instead, I'm going to say, okay, I didn't get up at 4 a.m. Um, I didn't sleep all that well, that perfectly last night. So I didn't get up early. Um, now I have this evening program, but I'm going to nail an at-home workout. It's going to take 20 minutes and I'll be done with it. But I nailed something hard. I did a hard thing. Um, that's plan B and I'm in identification, a truth-based statement. Okay. I didn't execute like I had planned, but I'm going to recover from that. I'm going to do plan B and I don't want too many plan B's, but today's a plan B day. Mm. Right. And, and it happened. What can I do? That's identification, a truth-based statement. And there's still some execution on that end too, as opposed to, to like having those one. plans. Yeah. Having something there. And is yeah. that, is that have to do with, then is the, like, say you have that, like maybe it happens multiple times, right? Like plan B's are happening more often than not. And then does that relate back to that four step piece that you're talking about? Like as you're pressing start and like, you're kind of looking for feedback to a certain extent, um, yeah, it's like, why people? aren't I executing, right? Um, I keep going to plan B. Why aren't I executing? Maybe your sleep's off. Maybe, 
maybe you haven't, maybe the sheer terror is ripping you up and, and it's freaking you out. Maybe you're a perfectionist. Um, something's happening, figure it out, right? Because you shouldn't go to plan B. Plan B shouldn't be plan A 90% of the time, uh-huh. right? Like it's plan B for a reason. Um, so you might have to figure that out. I know for me, it got a little wonky. I had COVID twice in August and September that knocked me out a bunch. And then it was like, I, I kind of micro habits led to macro habits. Now I wasn't working out. And um, what I realized is I think I was kind of resting on my laurels of a previous win. And I was like, you know, I think you and I talked about it, how knowledge can sometimes undermine you because you have enough knowledge that you know you can put it into place. Right. Is you and I talking about that? I think, I think, yeah. I think that was part of our conversation too. You're like, dude, you know too much. Yeah. <laughs> Just like dumb oh, it down was, a little bit. Yeah. No, that was something different. But okay. I was talking to someone and they were like, yeah, when you have so much knowledge, sometimes it makes you not execute because you're like, well, I know I can still do it because I have the knowledge to do it. Mm. Right. Like I only have a year to worlds, but uh, I have enough knowledge that a year should be enough time. Mm-hmm. The first <laughs> time I made it to that level, it took me four years. Right. I didn't know anything. Right. Um, but the problem with knowledge is you can kind of lie to yourself and be like, Oh, I have, enough knowledge and time hey, i'm starting to run low on time here i only have to get my ass in gear this anyway. happened to me, this happened to me at uh for the high rocks world championships like had a big life move moved across mm-hmm. country and then so things got out of sorts got covid out of sorts a little bit more and then i was just not executing like i wasn't hitting the way that i thought well because of some outside well, just being at altitude and like not understanding like how much time i was actually going to need to put it into place but i was like I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be good to go. And didn't know that, that I was doing that until after the race. And then yep. I was like, well, so there's over identification, there's identification and then there's under identification. <laughs> right. And that's like Isaiah Thomas probably was under identifying. Right. He was clueless on the fact that no one liked him. <laughs> right. And so we can under identify like, no dude, you got to get your ass in gear now. Like, <laughs> There's yeah. no more waiting till tomorrow. You Maybe only you're have not to right. hear, <laughs> yeah. get on this stuff, right? And <laughs> so that's the way I've been lately is like, stop under-identifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the concept of uh, don't decrease hard? Okay, right. So um, yeah, so we we hit being, we hit execution, we we hit performance at the beginning, right? So let's talk about this new concept. The idea is a mantra is, Stop trying to decrease hard slash difficult mantras. I like when people write them down and people in my office, they'll literally write this down. So stop trying, don't decrease hard slash difficult. Instead, increase that which goes alongside it. I'll explain. Don't try to decrease hard, difficult. Instead, increase that which goes alongside it. Parentheses, um, gratitude intimacy, execution, and, um, uh, oh God, I'm blanking. Gratitude, intimacy, execution. Oh, and mission. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So what do we mean by that? Well, missionlessness produces poor outcomes. Um, lack of intimacy, you're going to be alone or you're going to have one breakup after another because people can't stand dating you. 
that doesn't work very well for performance, right? Gratitude is huge. Without gratitude, you're going to incur more injustice, more anger. Where there's injustice, there's anger. Anger comes from injustice. But if you have more gratitude, you're more resilient to injustices because you're living within gratitude. That doesn't mean effed up things aren't happening to you. There's many effed up things happening in our country. And there's a lot of injustice happening. I get all that. I'm not trying to sweep it under the rug. At the same time, you can yourself embed a a sense of gratitude. And then it's like, I'm grateful for the company I'm out with tonight, rather than, oh my gosh, I can't believe this waiter's taking this long to bring my food. This is ridiculous. I And it's ruining my whole night, right? So now you have more cortisol, you have more stress upon you, and that could derail sleep, that could derail performance. But if you have gratitude, like, okay, that sucks. I see that. I'm also just grateful that I have the enough money to actually go out to eat or to have these friends to enjoy this time with, um, gratitude is going to work better. So let's bring all this to a head. Imagine, uh, you know, who has, uh, who has a harder life, the superhero with all the superpowers or the common person with no superpowers, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The superhero has it harder. They have to go up against the big bad guy. So you, your audience, you should ask yourselves right now, do I want to be a superhero with superpowers and face the hardest things? Or do I want to be a commoner without any superpowers and I get to just run away, mm-hmm. right? I get to have easy, um, and which doesn't actually work because life is still going to be hard, mm-hmm. um, right? You still have a nine to five and you live in paycheck to paycheck and whatever, right? Like it's still hard. So if you can stop trying to decrease hard and instead try to increase that which goes alongside it, you will perform better. You will have a met- better, more complete life. That's what it's about. Obtain hmm. your superpowers, acquire them, and and lean into hard. So right now, I don't have superpowers. If I stepped into onto a Spartan course, I would get my bell rung. I am just not in good shape right now. Do you know how much easier it would be for me to beat number 30 in the world or number 50 in the world versus going against the top three in the world? Right. Like I still have a lot of different things in me that I can use to beat number 100 in the world. I believe right now I could line up and beat number 100 in the world and I am not in good shape and I'm not just lying. I'm seriously not in good shape, but but number one, two, three in the world, those are hard ass MRFers. There's not a chance in the world. There's not many flaws that they have. I can't line up against them, but the better shape I get in, the harder it is because now I'm going against really hard people with not many, uh, you know, weaknesses. Yeah. So the more superpowers I'm going to accumulate over the next year, the harder the racing is not the easier it is. And I think you fell into that trap as did everyone else I've ever coached is you keep waiting for easy to show up and it never does. And you think I must be out of shape because this last five to seven minutes is like a shit show. 
It's supposed to be. <laughs> we have freaking superpowers that no one else on the planet has, Rich Ryan. It's going to be the hardest shit you've ever done in your life because you have so many superpowers. Mm. And that's, that, that's interesting too. And like, uh, that was something that I did think about quite a bit was the superpower analogy that mm-hmm. you brought. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Like if you have these superpowers, it's going to be hard. And to get superpowers, it's also they're like acquired superpowers. Yeah. And if you're a doctor out there, if you're a nurse, if, if you're, you know, if you do hard jobs, if you're fighting fires, you have superpowers. You have a heart. You have the hardest job. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to, right? It's it's ca- doctors are like, oh, this patient <laughs> seems so difficult. You're the doctor with the superpower. Face that difficult patient. Get at it. Stop. Stop being frustrated on on how difficult they are. Use your superpowers. You know. It's kind of like that uh, man in the arena quote. Where it's like it's easy to be the the critic, and so you yeah. have to step, you have, when, but to step into the arena is a hard thing. It's like to step up to the superpowers, and and not decreasing the hard, and just increasing all the things that are around that are that are going to essentially. So like that, not decreasing the hard and elevating the things around it essentially are are ways to kind of mitigate the stress of it being hard. Is that kind of how, right, how you have works? gratitude? I mean, in the middle of a race, there's times where I'm just like, Oh my God, I am so grateful for Spartan that they did all this. And they, this is crazy that yeah. I get to do this. And I just am awestruck with gratitude. And I'm like, all right, now get your head out of your ass and start beating this guy again. Like whatever, <laughs> like you got to get back in, right. You can't linger in that, but um, yeah, but it, it, it makes, it, it makes it all worth it. The intimacy and, and mission and, and execution. That's what you should be focused on increasing. You shouldn't be decreasing hard. We spend so much effort decreasing hard that we never increase the things we should be increasing. Would that mean doing uh, less competitive races or, or uh, like what, what, what would be an example of decreasing the hard, like, or just pulling your effort back and just okay, like saying, like, oh, hard, it wasn't fit enough. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, um, what would be trying to do? De- well, no, de- it, it's like going and going out for a, a race and you back down late because it, it's getting that much harder. And you think I must not be. Uh, ready to do this because this is really hard i was waiting for it to be easier mm-hmm. like I, I was waiting for my fitness to carry me across the, the finish line uh, on on like wind mm-hmm. you know what i mean and just breeze across the finish line no it's it's not going to be easier because you're in better shape the better shape you are the harder it's going to be just goes faster yeah yeah okay it's that kind of mindset shift I see. Like, of course, this is harder. This is the hardest shit I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You're going up against literally a superhero, Ryan Kent. It's, it was supposed to be that hard. It's Ryan freaking Kent. <laughs> and that <laughs> all the, and everyone... that like rich freaking Ryan. <laughs> like, if you're going to beat this dude, it's going to be the hardest shit you've ever done in your life. <laughs> and that's that's where I think... For me, at least in the past, where like the fitness was, oh, I just need to improve my fitness. 
and then I'll be able to hang around more, which is like true, right? It's like the trust variable piece, but it's not true, but, but it it's not going to feel, feel like good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It's not it, doesn't, gonna be... it doesn't feel like you're in better shape. Right. It's not like a high school dual meet where you can just like sit and kick and it was actually easy type of thing, you know, which um, I've never experienced, but for folks <laughs> like you, yes, I can right. imagine that happened for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, and just like being prepared for, it. I think that may have been a prefontaine quote too, that he was re- He was always ready to have the race be the hardest thing that he's ever done. Yeah. I think, like, I think he had that type. I don't know if that's a quote from him particular, like a, one of his like actual quotables, but I think he, ha- he's had some sort of mindset around like, this is going to suck. He like hated it. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm, I'm going to put it out there. Yep. And that's where, that's where we need to be folks. And, and in your job and in your life and as a parent, you, you're, you have superpowers. You're a parent. Yeah. Your kids are a pain in the ass. Sometimes they're not, they don't have those superpowers. They can't make your life easier. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. They don't have a fully formed frontal lobe. And if I think we we started to accept that the goal isn't to decrease hard, it's to acquire superpowers. And I define superpowers as mission, gratitude, intimacy, and execution. Yeah, go fight the bad guy. Um, so that is more, is it? And how would someone recognize this in themselves, you think? Do you think it is something that everyone kind of knows deep? that they're not willing to go there or is it that they're like, is it like more of like a denial? Like, yeah, I just don't have it. I'm just not, I just don't have what that person has. I love that question. So yeah, you always ask good questions. Um, <laughs> the, the issue isn't, I, w- I would kind of reword it though, in some ways in that, you know, if, if you've never been exposed to this concept then you couldn't have known. Mm. So it's more now that you've heard this concept, how are you going to play that forward? Don't fault yourself for not recognizing it before because you didn't have the concept to recognize, right? Like gravity pre-existed Newton. He just did the mathematics and proved that the apple was actually falling towards an object, not just falling down. Mm. But Gravity pre-existed him, but what he offered everyone was an explanation I, in, and not a description, right? So here we're into another concept, differentiate between explanations and descriptions. I'm not offering you a description. I'm offering you an explanation, right? And that is we, we the more superpowers we acquire, the more we should expect hard things to be honest. If you're the best basketball player on the court, expect to be double teamed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. You have superpowers, it just got harder. So now that you have this conceptualization, now what are you going to do with it? How are you going to play it forward? Hmm. Okay. So knowledge. Back to cert. Get your knowledge. knowledge. Get your knowledge back. And then can you execute and apply that knowledge? So I had uh, maybe shift in a little bit, uh, but I want to get your take on this. I had someone reach out and ask about like a particular 
area that they should be in. It's like, and and they cited like they wanted to feel legit, so they wanted to be in a specific like in the pro division or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can sign up to be elite and this and that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of had this idea. I was like, well, and that kind of went back to trust for me, where it's like they wanted to feel like they would were worthy of being in competition just by being in it, mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of increasing like instead of like training toward a trust variable do you know what i mean what i what it were the mantra i would use with that is never rush your progressions Mm. so are you at that step in your progressions where going to the pro heat makes sense for you i had a guy i did i said you need to be in the pro heat like this is your dream this is your goal You've age grouped well. Um, It's now time for you to go against the big boys. Maybe you get your face ripped off, but like you need to start approaching that, that, and and he was avoiding it. Hmm. And so he was slowing down his progressions. Someone else it's like, wait, you're not ready for the pro heat. You're rushing your progressions. Yeah. You're going to get a narcissistic high by running in the pro heat, but you don't belong there and you I'm hearing you almost hint at you don't belong there. And so you're rushing your progression and that never goes well. That's when injuries happen. That's when setbacks happen, you know, never rush your progressions right now. I'm building foot strength right now. I'm running like three, four mile runs and I'm walking a lot because I don't have the fitness level to maintain a perfect foot strike. And it'll be a little while till I can maintain a fitness level to warrant a perfect foot strike, right? And so if you don't have a perfect foot strike, you're going to probably have to walk. Otherwise, your heart rate's going to spike up. Mm -hmm. So here I am, you know, I was once a good athlete and now I'm walking during dumb three-mile runs. (laughs) How pathetic is that? But I'm not rushing my progression. So that's, I don't know, is that helpful for that person? I think so. I think that they were looking at it as a more of a motivational tactic, perhaps, where it's like, if I was in this, I feel like I would then raise the execution portion of it. Um, you know, we've talked about motivation before. We don't need to go down that. And that might be, much. that's a way to execute is, that, to, you know, sign up for the 5k and guess who's going to start running, right? Because right. You, you have the fear of death over you, right? That's hit the start button, uh, sheer terror, execute, right? And that so might and then ask up for the race. Yeah. Where is the sheer terror coming from, right? That um, I think I think it's more that. So it's yeah. they were kind of on that path, like of hitting that start button, and then like they're gonna get the feedback of, oh, why am I not a champion yet? One yeah. Now is that the right start button? That'd be the only thing. And are they watching <laughs> their progression, right? Um, so there's nuances within this, but I, I think those are the conversations, you know, think about coaching and I'm giving you some performance psychology stuff, but coaches are doing all this stuff without the verbal, the words behind it mm-hmm. that I'm Love now explaining, but mm-hmm. you all are doing this without the discre- the explanations mm-hmm. all the time. You're, you're trying to nuance these very sophisticated kind of dances and coaches quite honestly, do it quite well. Since we're kind of on that, like the rush and the progression, 
I think a big thing that, and like you mentioned it in terms of someone going, like being on that line of elite and age group, mm-hmm. um, how do you navigate something like that? Right. I think that that's a question that a lot of people that I'm sure are listening are kind of like in that boat, like when I should, when I shouldn't and like how to kind of get there. And I know uh, we've probably talked about it here and like running public, I'm sure talks about it too, but I'd love to get your take on, on something like how to like more or less decide or how to know what's true for you when trying to make this decision. What's annoying is um, I, I, slammed into the Millie Vanilli song, Girl, You Know It's True, the other day. And so every time someone says, how do you know it's true? Millie Vanilli immediately plays in my head. Who are the who are the actual singers in Millie Vanilli? Do we, did they ever get their, their proper due? Yeah, they did. You can Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it, but people know it. Yeah. So anyway, as you answered, asked that question, ooh, 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 fire it off in my head. <laughs> Could be um, worse. <laughs> All right. So um, how do you know? Well, for one, it's, it's like, so let me zoom you out a little bit. Um, I always walk people through, there's the science, the personalization, and the application. What does the science say? What does it mean for me? Kim Kelty actually made this up, and I love it. What does the science say? What does it mean for me, and how do I apply it, right? So science, personalization, application. So the first question I would say is like, okay, scientifically, you can, right? You can move up to the pro heat, mm-hmm. Um Unlike I can't be a horse jockey, I'm too tall. I can't be an NBA basketball player, I'm too short. <laughs> so, but I can win a Spartan, right? Um, not in the pro division, I'm 53. It, no, as far as I know, no 53 year old has ever competed at that level. But, um, but I certainly can win an age group. Um, and there's no reason to think a 5'5 guy can't win world championships. So I see no limiter on that. Then the question, so the science says all clear. Um, The next question is personalization. Is that personally relevant for you? Is that meaningful for you to to compete in the pro heat and potentially win a pro heat? Or do you not really care that much, right? Mm -hmm. Because here's the level of engagement you're going to need to excel on the pro level. And is that a level that seems consistent for you in your life and your needs and your goals and whatever? Or is it just like, well, that would be cool, but not cool enough to do six hours a day or however many hours a day you do it, right? Um, It's a lot of time. And, And is it, does it warrant that for you? So that's the personalization piece. And I think a coach has a legitimate uh, you know, wherewithal to inquire about that. Here's mm-hmm. what it would take. Does that fit for you? Mm-hmm. Let's think about that. And mm-hmm. don't shame yourself if it doesn't. It is, after all, like a basketball game. You're trying to put a ball in a hoop. That's irrelevant to the world. We're right. not talking about world peace. <laughs> right? So if you don't go for the pro heat, if I win world championships in the 50 plus age group division, it doesn't matter. I didn't, I didn't impact the world at all. Right. If I don't launch my company and we don't save lives, that really does matter because people might die because I didn't get my shit out there. That's mm-hmm. a shame. Shame on me. That matters. We're trying to save lives. Right. 
but me winning worlds doesn't matter. So I have to think like, does this really matter to me? Is it really the thing I need to go for? For me? Mm. Yes. Why? Because the, if I win worlds, I think I'd have a far a wider reach. Mm. So it goes back that. to that, goes back to the main goal. Impact, right. Right. So for me, it does, but just because you compete at Spartan and you don't try to go for worlds and you don't spend all that money to go to Greece, I'm okay with that. That doesn't mean you're a loser. That doesn't mean you're you're worthless or it doesn't mean you just aren't a go-getter. It just isn't personally meaningful for you in your life. That's fine. That's a choice. That's a reasonable, mighty fine choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is probably the most helpful part, right? For someone trying to make this decision, like, yeah, is it in line with what they can do in terms of their life? And does it, does it actually matter? Does it actually matter to them? Is there a bigger purpose? Is like the, is the mission part there for them? Or and is I it just the question vanity? ask yourself is, does it link to impact at all? For me, winning worlds, does it link to impact? The other impact is I wanted to show, which I already did though. And that's the danger is I already did this. I, I wanted to show my daughters what excellence looks like. You know, I went from being able to do one push pull up to winning Palmerton, right? And and I won a, a sprint, a super and a beast in, in my age group that year. Um, I wanted them to see what it looked like when you were a total loser and couldn't do something at all to winning. And mm-hmm. they saw that trans, they saw that happen right in front of them. So it, it had meaning to me and it had impact. That's one question. If you can't find impact, it really, you're probably not going to ch- do it because it probably isn't meaningful enough. Doesn't mean enough. Yeah. And you have impact in yours, in the podcast and in, in, you know, everything you do, it has impact in it. I, you don't have to say it, but I, I've heard the different elements of impact. You know, um, I, can I give one? Sure. Like supporting your family. Totally. Right. And 100%. and that's big for you. And you realize I need to support my family. I need to step up and you work hard at the podcast and you do these things, not just for grandiosity. You do it to support your family. Mm-hmm. And that's the impact. Makes it much more, much I don't know if easier is the word, but like doing the work. More engaged. More engaged. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. For sure. And it, yeah. Then I, then I believe it. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's because it's real. It's, it's true. Yeah. So ask yourselves out there, am I doing this for grandiosity or am I doing it for impact? And, mm. you know, you can sometimes achieve success through grandiosity. But again, you're probably going to be a jerk and people aren't going to like you very much. And and at the end of the day, you get a medal and you're sitting home alone with your medal. And people don't even want to hear about it because they don't really care. They don't care about you. You I know, like, but when you won, how many texts did you get from people celebrating it being like, it, it, like I yelled out loud in my living room when I told <laughs> you won. I'm like, he did it, Rich won, Rich won. And I told everyone because I was so happy and like just really because like this really good human being won and it felt like a victory for everybody. Right. And, and isn't that more amazing than sitting alone in, a, in, in with a medal that you won that no one gives a shit? And in fact, they're kind of annoyed because you acted like an ass before, during and after. <laughs> That's yeah. back to the being. So, yeah, certainly overwhelmed by overwhelmed by love 
from that for sure. And that's <laughs> yeah, think- makes it hard to perform again <laughs> because now you had so much love. It's like, why do it again? I already achieved so much. And that's where we get into legacy, which is for a podcast for another day. Yeah. But that's that's where something we I mean. get into legacy and how to win another world or how to win again. It's built on legacy. And that's a, that's a, a word that I didn't, haven't necessarily had creep into my mind that often. Um, mm-hmm. But it has recently. But now it is. Now it has. At last, you're at the sixth stage. And folks out there, Rich and I will write this up eventually. And we, will, we will publish it, our, our stage model for athletes. Um, mm. we, just, we put it on the back burner for a year, but we're going to dust it off. Totally. But the sixth yeah. stage is legacy. And that's, that's, that's how I'm feeling uh, to, to a certain point. It's like, okay, like something has been accomplished. Now what? And I feel good about it. And I feel like I am like, I'm not taking the off ramp. Nope. No, that's another good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> part of our stage model is off ramp and how to block them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tim, this is, this is great. As always, I, mean, I think there's a lot of good value here and, and really like you've had a tremendous impact on my own personal uh, achievements and performance and the, the, the people who I help coach to, to, to get to their goals, you have a big impact on them indirectly through me. So the work that you're doing matters for, for me and for them and and for a lot of the community, man. So I, I really do appreciate you popping on and doing what you're doing. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's just awesome being a part of this community. There's such great people. In so people- Ryan Kent, I have oh, a picture of me standing next to Ryan Kent and the dude looks like I look like a hobbit, and he looks <laughs> like this monster. It's so funny. It's one of my favorite photos. They could put like the Spartan helmet on him. And yeah, he could be like right. a guy with a, and he would look the part really well. I and think. it was when he had that long kind of hair that was like the wild surfer hair. So he looks even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anywhere uh, people can reach out to you? Is there like impact being that people could follow? Yeah, my uh, email is Timothy Silvestri at Gmail. Um, there is impact being on Instagram, though we're not long, we're not fully live yet with it. My, I, I'm I'm on Instagram as well at Tim Silvestri or Timothy Silvestri. Um, yeah, so reach out. My phone number, if you ever text me or call me, is six one zero seven five one two zero two four. Um, many people have that, so don't worry about hitting me. <laughs> don't do it at two a.m. Please. Repping the 610. <laughs> All right, Sam. I appreciate it. I'll make sure to, to send people your way and keep spreading that good word. Yep. Thanks, man.